Alibaboa, Alibaboa, big it all up now. Eastside London, Rory Law. This is uncommon. www.arabhiphop.com. Uncommon is a production focused on the why of business, media, and marketing. It's made by my team at Neural, a digital agency for challenger brands and talent. To learn more, just visit neural.com. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com. Uh, my guest this week is Rory Lowe, comedian and general sick cunt. Yeah, the button's falling off my pants, so it doesn't work. What the fuck are you? It doesn't work. I, I, uh... I need to find you a tailor while you're here. Yeah, we got. I got really fucked up in the hotel the other day, and we went and stayed in a suite in the Crown, and my my pant button popped off. Okay, while I was eating watermelon. Speaking of um, <laughs> all round basket case, when uh, did you decide to get rid of the dreads? Uh, I was in lockdown, uh, the first one, mm-hmm. um, and I basically was just playing around with my hair. And then I saw, like, like, Facebook was like, you can untangle dreads if you do this. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do that. And I untangled, like, one of them, and my hair was, like, like, like steel wire, and it was gross, and there was stuff in it. And then I just got my beard trimmers, and I just shaved just my head. Off. Yeah. Was it painful at all? Like, was it really matted? And- it was emotional. Really? Yeah, like it was kind of like, oh, this is like a huge, this is a huge thing because it's like it was like a whole part of my identity. I had them for like ten years, and then I shaved them off, and then I had a shower, and I was like, oh my god, fuck that haircut, and I could feel my head again because I hadn't felt my head in like ten years. Yeah, right. And it was great. So how, when someone has dreads, yeah, how do you, you kind of clean it? No, well, you can like rub coconut oil in them, but you're not really supposed to get them wet. And like you got to go, like you got to do stuff to them all the time. Like you've constantly got to like, like maintain them. them and like twist them and pull them in and like hook them up. And it's just like it's so annoying and it hurts. Yeah, right. And if you get them wet, they're wet for like hours, okay. like eight nine hours. So it's basically matted hair, right? Yeah. So mine was mine was stitched. So like uh-huh. so because I went to like a I went to the I got I got mine done in. Las Vegas by this giant, like three hundred pound black woman called Little Bird, and it took her like fourteen hours to do him. So I sat Holy in this, shit. yeah, I sat in this black barbershop for like fourteen hours. And everyone should go sit in a black barbershop. By the way, yeah. it's the best. At one point, everyone just started singing "Roses" by Outkast, just a cappella, <laughs> just getting into it. There was an old black guy in there telling stories about how he used to be a policeman, and then he became a drug dealer and knew how to fuck a policeman. It was great. I had, I had some amazing experiences. Um, and uh, yeah, they just did my hair, and so they like twist it, back comb it, and then wrap it underneath it, and then pull it, and then do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. So, but you, did you do it for fourteen hours straight, or did she yeah. get you in there for like different? No, it was win one day. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. And it hurt like fuck. How much did that cost? Uh, 160 US. Okay. But I think I smoked like 50 US worth of weed in, in the same time <laughs> because I was like, this is what I need. So what were you, what was young Rory, how old were you for a start and what was young Rory doing in the States? I was 21. Okay. Um, I went there for Burning Men. Okay. I went to Burning Man Festival and pretty much got my hair dreaded at Burning Man. Because <laughs> we, went, we went for Burning Man and then we were like, oh, it's going to be a pretty hectic week. Afterwards, we should go to Las Vegas and just chill by the pool. <laughs> and then we got there and we were like, we are not chilling. So we had to leave early because we were going we to die. Yeah. It was just too intense. But we drove. So we landed in LA, bought a van, drove up to San Francisco, and then drove from San Francisco across 
to Nevada into Burning Man and then from Burning Man to Vegas and then back down to LA. Yeah, right. And we broke down That's a lot. A wild trip. Yeah, I went with my first girlfriend who was called Storm. Storm? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems on brand for you. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. One of my friends today was like, oh, who are you hanging out with this weekend? I was like, oh, my boy Chewy. And he was like, of course, you have a friend called Chewy. I was like, yeah, me, me Chewy and Twigs. Italian. <laughs> so, man, I have so many questions spinning out from this. <laughs> so, yeah, Vegas, you ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah. I can't believe that you thought Vegas was going to be like a decompression from Burning Man. Well, when we bought the flights to LA, they were like, you can get, you get like a $500 voucher for any, any hotel you want in the States. And I was like, let's go to Caesar's Palace because um, I just watched The Hangover. Yes. And so I, if- I, seriously, I walked in and I was like, is this the real Caesar's Palace? <laughs> Did you ask if Caesar lives here? Yeah. yeah. The Caesar lives here. I am going to do that if we ever go to Vegas. I don't like Vegas is not my kind of town, but if we do go, I want to go to Caesar's Palace and ask if Caesar lives there. Vegas is definitely my type of town. I love it. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I, lo- I like it's just, I don't know, it's just loose. And you can, it, it's your ability, the, the potential for mischief is just so high. Mm. Like there's always, there's just always an opportunity to just maybe push it a bit further than what you need to. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's all victimless crimes. You know what I mean? It is. It's, it's like all you shouldn't hard. be up there. <clears throat> what Get off it? that roof. It's, it's, it's drugs. It's being a, a knockabout. Like it's prostitution. It's. Like what? What else? There's nothing wild really west. crazy. It's wild west. There's nothing. It's all debauchery, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, no one's getting hurt. It's just like, hey, don't drive too fast. Don't jump off that. Yeah, it's that whole damn Blazerian lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Shiny things, bright lights. Shiny things, bright lights. Uh, snorty things. Talking your way into places you shouldn't. Long be. nights. Yeah, all the stuff you'd expect. Let's loop back to you as a as a ten year old, or just before. The age of ten. So you came here to Australia when you were ten, right? Yeah, like eleven, like eleven, eleven, 11. 10, eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know why your parents came to Australia? Yeah. So my dad was engaged to another woman back before he met my mom, and then she dumped him, and then he came to Australia in like the eighties, okay, um, as like a getaway or whatever, um, and then played football out here for a little bit, uh, went back home to England, became an engineer, and then was like, oh, maybe we should go to Australia for a holiday. So we came out here for a holiday when I was 10 for like two weeks. And then he was like, do you guys like it? And I was like, yeah, this would be way better than staying in Billingham. <laughs> um, and so we just emigrated over when I was like yeah. 11. Yeah. And your mum, mum's Aussie? No, mum's English as well. Mum and dad like grew up in the same town. Like, oh right! Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like all, like all my family's English except for the two younger sisters, um, Teddy and Sunny, who were born here. Right. Okay. Yeah. And do you have dual citizenship? Yeah, but yeah, my English passport is expired because I haven't filled it out, and so is my Australian passport. That's all. Because Lauren Quala, you remember that? You need to get that shit done, man. Before, before, yeah. yeah who gives a shit? I'm Just supposed to go to Hawaii in like three weeks. I don't have a passport. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to get onto that. Yeah, I've friend. got the forms. I've got the photo taken. And I have my birth certificate with me in the hostel, which is not a good idea. Uh, I went down to the post office down the road to get my passport done recently. So, you know, if you ever need, if you want to do it ASAP, that's yeah. the place to go. But, uh, so, okay. So it's basically a fucking family holiday. And you came out here and you're like, oh, cool. And yeah. why Perth? 
Um, this is where my dad came when he first came over. Yeah. Okay. So he, uh, he played for a football team called Speedwood Dalmatatic, which is like now like Coburn. Um, and yeah, very funny. I ended up playing for the same team when I was like 15, 16. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, and so there's a picture of him on the in the in the clubhouse, and I saw it, and I was like. <laughs> I look way better than my dad. Were you, <laughs> were you any good? That was pretty good. Yeah, I played state. Um, but I played volleyball. That was my thing. I played volleyball for Australia for a little bit. Really? But yeah, yeah. Well, I played against New Zealand. I played state um, for WA okay. a few years up. And then I was like, now it's time to smoke some weed and <laughs> go party. And now stop playing sport. So you're from uh, Middlesbrough, which is sort of North Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 20 just... minutes, 30 minutes away from like Geordie Shaw. Yeah, because yeah. Lauren's um, mum is from, I guess you'd call it southeastern Yorkshire. She's originally from Leeds, right? But they got some family in York. Yeah, but um, York's hell nice. It's all like castles. York's beautiful. And, like, Leeds, beautiful Leeds is a shithole. Yeah, yeah. Middlesbrough's even worse. Like it's near a it's near a river, and the river smells so bad that the town just stinks. <laughs> like it just blows the smell of the river. And yeah, right. Yeah, it's awful. What's like the local economy about? Is it like fishing or is it something else? Stabbing each other. <laughs> I think it's mainly just people stabbing each other. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember when you told me you're from Middlesbrough. And I just I do the usual thing of looking the place up, reading the Wikipedia. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. Well, isn't it? And it's just apparently it was voted multiple times the shittest place in England. Yeah, yeah. So it was a steel mill town and then the steel mill closed down and then it became a nuclear power plant town and then the nuclear power plant closed down and so now it's just a town. Like the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, it, and it actually, it seriously looks like the Simpsons. Like if you type in Billingham ICI, which is what the, the power plant it is in, in Google, it literally like, there's two, there's literally two big vessels that pump things out. Like it's genuinely. So Billingham is the town. Yeah. Right. I, I Middlesbrough is the city. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were from the city of Middlesbrough. So you're from that town, Billingham. Mm. I'd have to, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I'm fascinated by Middle England. I just find it utterly Fascinating. Well, see, it's the top of England, but it's the middle of the island. That's what I mean. You know, like, Scotland if you drove from Glasgow straight down, not that you can do that exactly, but if you went through all the middle England towns, yeah. I just find it fucking fascinating. Yeah, it's cool. I really like, I, I like the idea of England, but I really hate English people. It <laughs> piss me off so much. The idea much. of England, the landscape of England, the, the cultural aspects even though people yeah. try and argue that there yeah. are none i like the music and i like photos of what the countryside looks mm, like mm. but like other than that i don't i don't want to go to the countryside there because it's freezing and and yeah i just don't i, I don't want to go back i remember I really when we... I, have, okay, I have like trauma about it like, yeah no one take me back see i want to go back I look at it as like a partial homeland, you know, at least from one side of the family. It's ridiculous. Like back home, everyone's getting stabbed and having babies and going to jail. And now I'm like, I'm going to go get on a helicopter and watch the Formula One here. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like the difference is just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But you, you can also, like, I just find it really odd that people set, make arguments that there is no culture in England. Like, Did I people this, say that? Lauren's dad did. I remember having this fiery... No, he's German and Polish. He's German. Okay, well, that's fair enough. The Germans have a lot more culture than the yeah, English because like, we just took everything. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, we like we, did, we don't really have anything. Like, if you look at the British Museum, it's pretty much just full of, like, other people's shit. It's not, like, our own stuff. Yeah, but you just do do have stuff. Like, you can't... You've got Shakespeare. Sh- You've got Shakespeare and Man United. Sunday roast. Yeah. culture. Yeah, but is it culture? Yes. Who made, Who else made Yorkshire that? puddings, that's culture. Yorkshire you ever, you ever had a Yorkshire pudding? Yeah. Yorkshire puddings. A good Yorkshire pudding, not a shitty 
that frozen one. No, like no, like, yeah, one that Nanomex. Yeah, one that Nanomex. <laughs> um, I, I think it does have a culture. I think I, I don't understand. London has culture. Birmingham has culture. Brighton has culture. Manchester has culture. Newcastle has culture. York has culture. Like, there's architecture and there's castles and there's like beautiful things, but there's stories. Yeah, there's lots of stories, but a lot of England is about going to other places, mm. taking that stuff, bringing it back, and, and then being like, that's but that, but that is also Australian culture as well. Do you know, is it tikka masala? Do, yeah. Do you know that's Scottish? Really? Like, I swear, I swear, I could be wrong. And I'm a white guy on a podcast, so yeah. I assume I'm wrong. But, like, I'm pretty certain, like, like, like tikka masala or like buttered chicken one of those ones that you're like that's definitely indian food is not at all it like it was invented in england or scotland or an english palate yeah for for the english palate wow yeah. yeah that doesn't surprise me though yeah i i always what well, yeah dude one of the best songs ever it's just called chicken tikka masala it's okay. about the lads going out they go in the pub <laughs> they uh, jacob when or who's editing this at the moment leaf okay. Life, can you get a clip and put over Chicken Tikka Masala, the song? I'll link it to you, all right? It's fucking brilliant. I'm down. Um, it's going to be stuck in my head now. I know and as well. just imagine a guy, right? Middle England, he's like, all right, my son. You know, like he's got the... the Adidas trackies. I know, like, when this would have came out, like, because there was, like, this era in, like, the late 90s. No, oh, that was not recent. It was recent? Okay, do you do you remember the movie um, with Charlie Hunnam that he recently did with, uh, who's the guy who's in Bruges? Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Farrell. Re- Col- recent Guy Ritchie film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Gentleman. The oh. Gentleman. Yeah. Okay, so in The Gentleman, they, you got that whole, like, because the nineties has come back, or yeah, that, by that time, yeah, and there it's like Colin Farrell is in a trackie, but it's like a Gucci trackie with a nice, yeah, car. yeah, 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 yeah. He's the boxing coach, yeah, yeah. It was then, twenty eighteen, it got published. So wow. like you got that whole like resurgent. I tell you, is is a cultural thing. The UK owned the nineties, in my opinion. Oh yeah, man, like the rave scene, like like pills, bro, like spice like techno, girls. You know what I mean, like spice girls. Yeah, but there's just the like the rave, like rave music, like England in the '90s, like ecstasy. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously you've got like you know Craig David and the Spice Girls and uh, Robbie Williams and shit. But like, yeah, Robbie like, Williams, the, like the rave scene, like fabric. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that stuff where you're like, oh, bro, that that changed music a lot more than what the Spice Girls did. You're right. Yeah. When you first came here and you were going to school and stuff like that, what was like the first culture shock that you had? Oh, everyone tried to fight me all the time for my accent. I had a little skinhead really? and I couldn't say the word muffin properly. And I used to really Why, like... How'd you say muffin? I used to say muffin. Muffin? And I really liked muffins, so I would get a muffin every day and then everyone would call me the muffin man. A <laughs> <laughs> muffin man? Yeah, dude. Yeah, they were like, oh, the muffin man. I'm like, dude, I'm 10. <laughs> Like, I'm 10. And then people try to, like, fight me and stuff. Why? Because you were English. Well, just because I had a funny voice. Because it's not even like I was English. It was, like, pretty much Geordie. So I was like, you like my mother and a muffin and that? <laughs> and so people were like, what is this kid on? Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else did you have? Um, I was pretty good. At, I was pretty good at sports. So I was good at sports. And I was just, but I was just a cheeky cunt, like, all the time. Yeah. Like, that was it. Like, I was, like, always just 
there was always something to make fun of. And that's sort of how you assimilated sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, sport, like sport and, and taking the piss out of someone are very similar in my eyes. Very. Because like, that's what it is. If you win and you get to be cheeky and if you're losing, you get to wind people up and not yeah. care that you lose. But that is like an, a cultural thing we picked up from the Brits. Yeah. Of like that sort of, um, you know, it, it becomes part of our egalitarian culture where nothing is off limits. Yeah. But like you're having a go, you're having some bants. Australians sort of Australians think they have banter, which I find very funny. Oh, okay. Here we Aussie, go. Yeah, Aussies are like, oh, yeah, we've got banter. And it's like, dude, if you walked into like a, 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 a like a, just a working class pub in England and like just wore the wrong shorts, like it's game over like like for weeks how is that any different to here no it's it's like it's just it's there's a barragement that doesn't happen here like here it's kind of like your friends will take the piss out of you but in england the the bartenders will take the piss out of you like the toilet cleaner will take the piss out of you like the kids will come over to your table and laugh at you like there's just a level where you're like you have to be you have to be like ironclad. Like yeah. if you're not like ironclad, like if you're not covered in steel, you won't survive like in working class. Yeah, right. Yeah, Interesting. not at all. Not at least in the north. In the south, it's a bit different. So your old man, um, <clears throat> he was an engineer. Yeah. What type of engineering? Uh, oil and gas. Okay. Yeah. Is the you know you got into architect? You left school. You did architecture. Yeah. Um, before comedy. Yeah. Uh, you recently actually had uh, there was some award that you... I got my masters. Are you in masters? Yeah, in yeah. So I, gra- I graduated. We'll get into why you flipped, but was there ever like a push from your parents around that, or were they just supportive around whatever you did? Oh, bro, yeah, dude. Like the whole time, just get that piece of paper, man. You can do whatever you want. As soon as you get that piece of paper, just get that piece of paper. When are you gonna finish your architecture degree? When are you gonna finish your architecture degree? When are you gonna finish your architecture degree? <laughs> like all the time, like <laughs> all the time. And then I finished it this year, and they went, "Well done." And I was like, "That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all I get. I get a well done pat on the back." <laughs> For 10 years worth of anguish. But why architecture? Because I was going to do engineering like my dad. Because, um, like, everyone's an engineer. My uncle's an engineer. My granddad's an engineer. My dad's an engineer. And I was like, okay, this seems like a pretty good life. Hmm. And then one day my dad came home and went, I fucking hate my job. And I went, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'll do something similar. Do you know why he's a bit more creative? That? I don't know. Can't, can't remember the exact reason. But then, then I look at it now and I'm like, oh, I couldn't see myself doing anything else outside of comedy that is an architecture because it's just a little, it's a lot more creatively like uh um it, like it allows you it allows you to be i love how i'm like explaining how creative i am but i can't <laughs> i can't even think of the word yeah yeah there's not there's not as many boundaries so mm-hmm. you can push things a little bit further you can get a little bit more wild with it yeah, well, engineering has got to be exact it's more math-based you yeah know? yeah you're you're just shocking for uh you know, being rudimentary with things, but when it comes to creative ideation, like it's all there. Mm. So it makes sense that if you had that push from your parents, what's the closest thing to engineering that is creative and yeah. architecture of some form? Yeah. Plus I like buildings. I like squares. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like shapes. I like shapes. Yeah, I do. I like <laughs> shapes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, was, I, was sat, I was sat on the river last night, like four o'clock in the morning. We were just looking at buildings. I just turned to my mate, George, and I was like, dude, how good are squares? <laughs> and it was just like, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, no, but there's so much depth to the fact that the squares are dope. What were you looking at? Um, the water. 
and the reflection of the, the buildings in the water. There's a nice bridge. Yeah, there's something satisfying about it. Yeah. A square building. Yeah, 100%, especially when you're on mushrooms. There's a huge... There's a huge <laughs> At 4 a.m. <laughs> in Melbourne, in like the Grand Prix. Fucking right angles, bro. Yeah. I love that you're doing that. I'm just... I'm probably in bed, like, fucking snoring my head off. I said I was going to go to bed early. I was like, I want to go to bed early. And then some dude after the show came up to us and was like, here, you want an ounce of mushrooms? And we were like, oh, now we have to do mushrooms. See, this is a problem when people... It's a good thing, but it's there is people say, oh, "What's the double-edged sword of being an online, pre- having an online presence?" People know you so well. A bunch of kids they... stopped me on the way here while I was on a scooter. A bunch yeah. of like fifteen-year-old kids were like Rory. I was like, "What the fuck's going on? Can we get a photo?" I was like, "Dude, you're on a school trip. Yeah, like you're literally, Relax. Yeah, you're literally on an excursion." But everyone knows. But your... hell yeah, can't. let's get some photos. You know, <laughs> you, everyone knows your vices. Yeah. They know you intimately mm. more than you realize, and then you meet them, and it's like. Well, I wouldn't say they no. know my vices more than my virtues. They def- that's definitely <laughs> how it works. Yeah. So, explain where comedy comes along. You, you got architecture ten years of that. I did my first gig in high school. I did yeah. it for the talent show at high school when I was seventeen, and I took the piss out of football players to the point that the principal had to drive me home that night. And was that because you, when Dunkers. you were growing up, you were like comedy or having banter was like your thing to fit in, so to speak. Like this, I mean, it's definitely a defense mechanism, I guess, but like also like my family's just funny. Like everyone's funny all the time. Yeah. Like, are they funny? Uh, like it's just, there's just constant, there's just humor everywhere. And like, no one lets anyone get on top. Like there's no, like, like the, the status quo is always changing. It doesn't matter if like mom, dad, sisters, me, you know, like the status quo is always changing and it changes with like every sentence. So there's always a challenge. Yeah. It's all, it's always a challenge and someone's always got something quick and witty to say. And so you're like, well, you better get it back. You know, like, cause you can't just sit there and take it. Yeah. You know, um, sounds like my household. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got four sisters, mum, dad, we grew up in my Nana's house. So I call my mum and dad by their first names. I call them Nikki and Kenny. Cause like, like it was like my mum, my dad, my Nana, my granddad and my uncle all living in the same house when I was growing up. Uh-huh. Uh, and so because everyone called my mum and dad, Nikki and Kenny, I called them Nikki and Kenny, but the, everything was just like quick, quick, quick. Like my Nana had a heart attack last week and I was, I was asked, I was like, man, how are you doing? You're doing okay. She's like, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm fine now. You should have seen how gorgeous the paramedic was when it came in. I'm like, Nana, you're having a heart attack and you were like trying to hit on this dude. She was like, yeah, I didn't have a brow in any way. And he had to rub all the stickers on my chest. I was like, oh, I bet you that these are the best that you've seen in a while. I was like, Nana, how are you having a literal heart attack and actually taking the piss out of the paramedics? She goes, I only, do, I only hit on one of them because the other one was fat i was like fuck are you fucking serious <laughs> she live in australia or the uk no nah, she's in the uk yeah she's okay. in the uk but she's a weapon like she's a weapon so nana is mum's yeah mum's uh, side mom? yeah, yeah okay. but, but dad's dad's mum died uh before well probably a couple of years after we came back came came to australia yeah, right. yeah she passed away she's 66 she had uh, lung cancer okay. um but nana mary has like arthritis had a stroke like had a heart attack, had yeah, like she's one of those titty ones. cancer. <laughs> like she just like she just like you just can't you just can't bring it can't down. She's a weapon. Her. Yeah, she's got like 
purple hair. She's one of those nannies with like diff- dyes her hair different colors and has heaps of bangles on, grabs dudes' dicks at the bar. Yeah, she's loose. <laughs> so are you so you got four sisters, right? Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. Wow. Yeah, apparently I'm setting an example. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So who's who? What age is the youngest sister? Teddy is. Uh, she just turned fifteen, um, and she is netball player. So she's like six foot one. She's like fifteen. Wow. Yeah, she's almost as tall as me, and uh, she just got picked up to play for like the under nineteens state side, and she's wow. like fifteen. So she's in Tasmania. Um, next week so i'm going to try and go over and surprise her yeah um see if i can get a day off doing all this well and the other three sisters so uh teddy is the youngest and then sunny is a year older than her she's very good at netball as well she's doing like pretty much the same thing um they're both obviously still in school teddy's like me she's just like a cheeky little motherfucker while sunny's like very regimented and organized and like quite focused and then darcy is 25 this year age gap yeah yeah big age gap it's like 12 12 years um or 10 years it's 15 years between me and teddy so when i'm 30 she'll be 15 yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And then also those two youngest, they're like Irish twins, 15 and 16. Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Darcy is doing so – she did fashion designing and she's working with an interior design company at the moment. And then Georgia, who's two years younger than me, so she's 27, um, she sells blockchain strategies for Amazon and is like sitting on like dumb, stupid money and she's just about to have a kid. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they've, they've got um, – I know I, she probably works at AWS. She started off at... Uh, She's probably got a brain on her. SA, SAP. That's SAP. Yeah. yeah, yeah, SAP. Yeah, she she got headhunted for, for, for SAP and then from there got picked up by Amazon to sell. No one in my family knows what she does. Right? <laughs> she tries to explain it to us and we're like, we have no idea what on earth you're talking about, but well done. Nice Range Rover. She's, she's probably like just an account director or something. She's selling... She's yes. got accounts yeah. at AWS. Yeah, she's got yeah. accounts and she she sells something. She, it's there, I remember it's AWS me so much. It's, AWS it's had this like launch of a product. It was like a blockchain product, and yeah, it's probably crazy expensive. Yeah, it's like a point like of company sales spending a million dollars a year. Oh yeah, she's doing a, like four or five million dollar deals with like Toyota and shit like that. And yeah. I'm like, can I get a car? <laughs> please help yeah. me. please have a car okay, I mean so, I say that but I also need to get my license back from the police and your passport mm-hmm. we can see how but the police you didn't are. take my passport I just got pissed and lost it okay. yeah it's, <laughs> I'm pretty certain it's down the back of a couch in the Exford Hotel in Melbourne your passport yeah I lost it wait are you saying you lost it like recently no I lost it exactly this time last year oh okay yeah right. yeah um, yeah, I, I implore people to go look up the Exford Hotel. It's brutal. It's uh, it's a it's right on the corner of Chinatown. It's an interest. You know the one. Yeah, the Bottolo loan. Yeah, the twenty four hour Bottolo. Yeah. yeah, you're like, yeah, it's game on. And the Seven Elevens over the road. Yeah, it's great. Um, I know that spot well because there's a guy who used to be on the tram that we would catch into the city, and he um, he looked like he was a homeless, uh. Buddhist monk. Yeah. Never wore shoes. Always had like this sort of gown that looked like a monk's gown. And, but he had a 
speaker in his pocket. I'm just singing Harry Krishna. So Harry Krishna. Harry right, he Krishna. played like top thirty songs and shit. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> yeah, like he's I know you homeless, but you got good taste, bro. Yeah, but his feet—it was his feet were wild. They were like Hobbit feet because yeah. so dirty Ooh. and homeless people feel fucked. <laughs> So specific, dude. It is though. Like you look at homeless people's feet, and you're like, dude, like, well, they don't have shoes. Most yeah, but they got like they, they got their nails out, and there's like that dirt like in between the toe that comes up, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you're just like, well, and there's hair on them, and you're like, dude, your feet don't even look like they match your body. <laughs> no, They're little that. hobbits. Yeah, I don't. Hobbits. Really... Um. Okay, so comedy. They look gout. <laughs> taught, taught me through. <laughs> Every time you see a homeless person with a trolley, you're like, there's nothing in the trolley. Why have a trolley? Like, oh, you're using it to walk around with because you got gout. You're going to cut your feet off. It's like a fucking disease from the 1800s. Yeah. Ooh. Talk to me about where you, you've come from. Obviously, Rory, today, the last year, you, apart from lockdown, you're touring regularly and you've recently done Perth Fringe, Adelaide Fringe. Now you're doing the Melbourne Comedy First. Yeah. Right. How does Rory, 18 year old studying architecture, get to this point? Uh, small steps, not really paying attention to, to, to what the main goal is. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's just, I just have fun. Okay. It's like, I just like having fun and I try not to take anything too seriously. And I know that we've got plenty of time to do whatever we want to do. And like, I've just slowly figured out what I enjoy doing. And then I've just kept doing the thing that I enjoyed. And was it that in the beginning you would just make online content, do stand up, and you were based in Perth and that was your thing that you were doing on the side outside of studying? Yeah. And then over time, you started to build these connections with people like Lewis with uh, Luke and all those sort of guys, and you'd start coming to different cities. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I only re- like I've only recently, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, Luke and Lewis are very new friends. Like, um, Frenchie, Isaac. Yeah, again, who was, the, like, who was the first person you hung out with? I see. This is the thing. I never hung out with like the the the, the YouTube guys. Yeah. The, the like the 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 internet sensations are always people that I was like, man, I want to kind of be like that. That's dope. Like they're doing cool stuff on the internet. That's sick. Yeah. I was always hanging out with like Chris Franklin. Like I'm a bloke. I'm a yobber. And me <laughs> best mate's name is Robert. Like I was hanging out with like forty five year old, fifty year old men who'd been doing comedy, like stand up comedy for like because that's what you're hanging 20, out. 30, 40 years. And like that's that's what I would drive from Perth to like fucking Geraldton to do a Jeez. five minute spot for fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah, like it was just like I just I loved stand up. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was always just on stage. I couldn't ever do, like, like oh, let's write it, let's do a skit. I was like, dude, yeah, like, you're not a skit. Yeah, because I, I don't even like, I don't even like watching skit shows. Really? Yeah. So like Skit House and fucking Chappelle Show and like, you know, you don't like it at Tim all. and Tim and Dylan or what, what, Tim and Eric. Yeah. Oh, that stuff freaks me the fuck out, man. I, uh, why? Like, why? What, I don't what? know. I'm just like, because it's just like, here's a, it, it's it's like, it just, it yells at you. It's like, here's context. Here's a scenario. Here's why it's funny. Next. Another context. More scenarios. More people. Funny stuff. Next. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Oh, whoa. And there's no, there's no like, 
there's no flow to it. It's just kind of like throwing and throwing funny stuff at you and hoping that you like it. And I, I, I don't, I don't really fuck with that as much. I want to hear someone tell me a story. So you like real life. You don't like playing pretend. Yeah, not particularly. I want like I want to listen like I want to I want to listen to Richard Pryor. You know, I want to listen to George Carlin. Like I want I want mm. I want I want to watch Patrice O'Neill work crowd. Yeah. Like I like I like that side of the industry. Like when it comes to skits and stuff, it's kind of like what when you think about it, what is it about cuz you do crowd work really well? What is it about the crowd that you like? Is it the you feel like you're getting some sort of interpersonal connection? Is there something else to it's, it? There's, missed? there's magic. There's like actual magic in there. Like there's, there's there's something beautiful about being able to to almost might be the wrong word, but almost steal the humor out of the room. Like you, like it's not those aren't my jokes. I'm talking to you, and I'm taking the all funny. Yeah, and I'm I'm giving it to everybody else, okay. you know. And there's something there's something beautiful about that. And it's like we're never gonna have this gig again. We're never. We, yeah, there's no way we can recreate it. We can't. We can't have this again. Like even if we all sat, even if we got everyone that was in this room to come back again next week and sat you in the same seats with the same clothes and had you in the same mood, we still wouldn't have the same gig. Mm-hmm. And there's something magical about just having like something authentic and genuine and 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 beautifully unique and only happens this one time and like that's why i like crowd work mm. yeah. no i agree with that that's a good way to look at it it is very it's impossible to recreate something yeah it, and then everyone everyone leaves going that was for us yeah that was our moment and they they like because you know comedy is about removing the removing the stage you know, it's about it's about removing the lights and removing everything, and like you, the comic and the audience being on the exact same level. Mm. Like, it's not like music where there's like a podium and fucking lasers, and like you're supposed yeah. to look at them with like glory and like fondness and, and adoration. But like, comedy is supposed to be level. Mm. If anything, I'm supposed to be beneath the audience. True, true comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True comedy when you're doing a show and you're engaging with the crowd. Yeah, I, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, like, like you know, you cut like I I, I I tried to do this thing in Adelaide at the at the Fat Cave, which is like a, a big show in uh, like the late night big late night show. Uh-huh. Um, and we were just fucked up, and I was like, ah, oh, well, I've been doing these same jokes like for the last two weeks, and I'm kind of sick of them, so I want to do something different. So I stole the the gown and the slippers from the hotel, and like walked over to the gig at like one o'clock in the morning in the gown, put my sunglasses on, and just started doing this character called Rich Guy Rory, where I just walked around and went, hey, "That's business, baby," and like started doing jokes about how like all my servants on the yachts weren't doing what they're told, so I was throwing them overboard. <laughs> and people, some people found it funny because they understood that it was a joke, but most people. We're like, this isn't funny. We can't connect to this. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta be able to like, you know, remove the ego and remove the the level and, and just connect on a very base. Like, we are the same. And like, that's where the humor comes from. When you were growing up, you mentioned before about like a Patrice O'Neill, Carlin, etc. Who yeah. was who was the one that, like, for me, Carlin like lifted the lid. Yeah, on comedy for me in terms of my appreciation for it, I would make. I remember this so well when we like had finished uni, we were hanging out with friends from work, and we'd go down and stay at like um, 
Lauren's parents inherited a house from her grandparents down on the peninsula, and so we'd like regularly bring friends down, hang out there, and we'd just be watching whatever on the TV because yeah. there was no real TV connection. So yeah. I'd put on Carlin. Like I'd Carlin. make them watch it. Um, who? Yeah, I was just like almost like Clockwork Orange type shit. Who was it for you? when you found or you felt that you found true comedy was the one that really like lifted the lid for you. Like every, every comic will say the exact same thing. And, and it's Eddie Murphy's delirious. Like, <laughs> and, like, and, and, and it, yes, it's, man is coming. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's cause it, cause it's interesting because you can watch that. You can watch that as a 15 year old kid or a 50 year old hmm. bloke and you still find it so funny. Um, but, like that's like, but that's like saying you know your favorite guitarist is like Jimi Hendrix. You know, there's no, there's no merit to it almost because it's everyone's favorite. You know, I don't, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So I'd say there's a guy called. It's one. I think it's one of the first. Or it's one of the first memories I have of comedy. Um, and there's a guy called um, Peter K. Peter K. Your, like your your parents have heard of him before. It's called Peter K. And he has this bit about. Uh, Duncan be a biscuit in your tea. Okay. And he's like, you have a book, dunk your biscuit in your tea and it, and it snaps off. And then the world goes in slow motion and you're like, <laughs> quick mom, get a spoon. I've dropped me biscuit in me brew. Ah, you bastard! And it's just like this beautiful, very English, like very like 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 well portrayed and well acted out moment. And I remember watching it as a kid because obviously I'd always dug my biscuits in my teeth for too long and they'd always fall in. And I remember it just being like, "This is incredible!" Yeah, and I must have been like eight. <laughs> And that's what I mean. Like comedy was always around. Like I didn't realize until like maybe five or six years ago when someone asked me, he was like, did you used to watch stand up when you were growing up? And I was like, yeah, actually I did. Yeah. Cause you, pe- you kind of watch it in osmosis, right? Yeah. You don't like your know. parents are watching it. Yeah. Maybe like I know when I was later in my, like, yeah, eight, eight plus sounds about right. You start noticing that shit. Cause yeah. maybe cause you're up late enough to be watching it. Yeah. But the big thing for me was like, the comedy fest. Yeah. See, we did. I never went to, I went to my first stand up show when I was like, maybe, I think the first stand up I ever watched live was the gig that I was on. We, we didn't go to the shows. I'd never been to a show until I was maybe 16 or 17. Yeah. We just, I was like 19. It, it was a tradition to watch the gala. Yeah. When the gala was good, we watched the gala. <laughs> <laughs> When the gala was good, that's it. He just fucked up all of our opportunities to get on the gala. <laughs> Everyone that's on the thing, none of us getting on it now. <laughs> but okay, we'll make our own one. Do you, do you, yeah, exactly, mate. We just fucking hire our own venue and kill it anyway. It's not hard. The gala, the gala as well, you don't get – pretty sure you get a per DM or you don't even get paid for it. Oh, I mean, you probably get paid 50 bucks on it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just i trying to think back to like – like Ross Noble. Yeah, Ross Noble was a huge, was huge, huge influence. In Ross the Noble, 2000s. Uh, Ross Noble, Dylan Moran. Yeah. I love Dylan Moran. Holy shit, Dylan Moran. Yeah, Dylan, yeah, Dylan Moran was one of my, like I reckon I could probably quote from start to finish 
two or three of his specials. Yeah. Like, without no question. If you put it on, I could say the words along with him. Dylan Moran, Danny Boy. I never Remember watched Danny Boy. I never watched Danny Boy, really. Yeah, I had Dylan Moran, Eddie Murphy. Um, I watched a lot of uh, Def Jam. Hmm. Like, I watched the main, I mainly watched Black. American comics, like African American comics. That's the main thing yeah, I watched. Look, the thing in Australia, there was definitely a period, right, where because of the Comedy Fest, English, and because of Edinburgh Comedy Fest, English comics dominated the scene here in yeah. terms of internationals. But, I, I, but that's again, changed. I didn't, I never, like, even as an English kid, there was like maybe three or four white people I watched, and that was it. And then everyone else was black. Like it was like Chris Tucker, Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor, Patrice O'Neill. Like it was just always, always like Def Jam. That's it. And I just mm. scoured the internet to find more episodes of Def Jam. Like that, the the like it's because it's just it's different. There's attitude to it. There's like there's flagrancy. There's flair. You know the, the, the things. The things that like the African American like culture did like in terms of comedy, or as they used to call it, like urban comedy, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's a bit weird. Yeah, to say yeah, that. yeah. Um, there was just so much more like expression and love in it. I felt like you, you know, you know, you you look at like English comedy from the nineties, you look at like Lee Evans, and you look at you know, you look at like Michael McIntyre in mid two thousand stuff like that, and you're like, man, this is. This is very white. Hmm. Like, it's very plain. It's very mayonnaise. And there's no, like, you know, like, you look at Chris Rock doing his stuff in the 90s, and he's wearing leather, and he's walking around, and he's got attitude, and you're, you're mesmerized by it. Like, you look at Steve Harvey, and he got these suits on, and he's walking around again, like, swagger on swagger on swagger. Like, it just wasn't the same. But is that American? <sighs> I feel like that's that's a like um, yeah that's yeah what it like, was. Amer- like it was comedy America- rock star shit and like you know yeah. like even if you look at like Ice Andrew uh, like uh, like Andrew Dice Clay like who was one of the first guys to ever do um, like arenas and he used to come up in like leather like full leather leather gloves smoking a cigarette and he'd do his gigs. <laughs> And he'd smoke the cigarette and he'd tell the jokes and then he smoked the cigarette again. He was like the fonts. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Dice Clay. And he, had, he used to have these jokes where, like, he'd take nursery rhymes and then, like, jazz them up. It'd be like, uh, hey, oh, yeah, I know the guy. little boy blue, because he got no money. <laughs> hey, suck my dick, bitch. And, like, that was his catchphrase. His catchphrase was, like, suck my dick, bitch. And you're, like, you look at it now and you're, like, oh, my God, this is fucked. But you you watch you watch the live theater versions of these shows and you just see women in the audience, like, yeah, suck my dick, bitch. Like, it's just, like, it's just such a different era and there's just, like, so much style and so much attitude and fragrancy about it. You're, like, dude, this is fucking wild. Yeah, I remember when I was, actually, when we were in Europe, we were... Jack- Jill went up the hill. They had a dollar fifty. Jill came down. She had three bucks. It's like it's <laughs> stuff like that. You're like, this shit is so funny. Like the so you mentioned um, Eddie Murphy before. Yeah, I remember like one of the most distinct memories in my mind from when Laura and I were in Europe in like 2012 was we were at a bar in Copenhagen and they were playing Eddie Murphy's. Um, Hang on, he did two different... Raw and Delirious. 
Was it Raw's the one in the purple suit and Delirious is the one in the orange suit? Okay, it was definitely Raw. But they were one after the other. We were there that Raw's the one where he's like, he wants McDonald's. And she's like, well, you got McDonald's at home, man. He's like, it's on square bread. McDonald's (laughs) don't do square bread. Okay, so you know when you have those moments where you're like kind of pissed and you feel like you're in like a real pivotal, pivotal moment of your life? Yeah, like right now. Like right now, yeah. That's, I remember being at this bar, we were with Anthony, and we were like, like life is great, you know, like we're traveling to Europe, there's no cares in the world. We're pissed, we've had a few great cocktails, I'm taking a piss, and in the background I can hear raw. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's the best, man. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that, that for me, I don't know. I did the same thing. Did the same thing. <laughs> like it just, it just felt. Like night in the bathroom is like such a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Like in the bathroom. So, um, yeah, that that for me is my. That's how raw is and delirious is like imprinted on my head. Yeah, it's like attached to a real pivotal moment in my life. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. I was a big Bill Bill Burr fan. Bill Burr, I only came across late. I mean, George Carlin was the one for me. His last special before he died in 2008 yeah. has got to be. Like I always, Lauren and I still say it to this day. We're like, goofy. Yeah. Because he has like this one saying where he keeps saying things are goofy. Yeah. Um, his, his, just, his premises are just on a different level. Like he has this one premise about like maybe we're some, maybe the whole reasons that humans exist is to get the plastic out of the ground, which is just like such a good bit. He's like, people are like, oh, you shouldn't, you should, you know, we should be using renewable energy. We shouldn't be getting oil. We shouldn't be doing plastics. It's like, nah, what if our purpose? What if I, like, if you look at what oil is, it's this thick, dirty, gross, tar substance and it's inside the earth and the earth is dying because it's just been clogged up with all this oil. And so what it needs is it needs us to get it out so it can yeah. breathe properly. Yeah. And so it's our job to get this plastic out. Yeah. And then as soon as we're done with getting all the plastic out, it gets rid of us and then we go down and then the plastic gets back into oil and it grows into that. And so it creates us again to get it out. And you're like, dude, that is some next yeah, level shit. Fucked. What about he he had this saying that I still hold to this day where he spoke about being at the front row of the freak show. Oh yeah, yeah. It, I agree with him. I want to see the end. Yeah, like I seeing the, see end the end or or just having no no um what's the saying? Like no um nothing in the fight, like no nothing no dog in the fight. No dog in the fight. Yeah. Like just not caring and just observing. That was his whole thing of um, yeah. I remember he was interviewed by like Oprah or some shit and that was his quote. Yeah. It was when the only time you could find him at a serious point when he would do those sort of interviews and he's like, Look, I'm just here and I'm just observing. And this is how good is life? Yeah, do you know what I mean? But he was like, like, but most of his best bits were observations. Yeah, one hundred percent. He was Rufus and Bill and Ted, man. Do you yeah. ever watch Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Why does that ring a bell? It's Keanu Reeves. It's like one of Keanu Reeves' first movies, and it's about these two dudes who uh, who who have a history. Uh, 
presentation that they have to do in high school um, and they're going to fail it. And so people from the future ah. send back George yeah, Carlin yeah, yeah, yeah. to help them with their history report because these guys are so good in the future with music. They play, they're in a band, but they're so good at playing in this band in the future that it causes world peace. <laughs> okay. So... Oh, it's incredible. Like, they, there's a magic telephone box, and they just go back in time, and they kidnap, and the like, Rapper. Danish Khan and, like, Abraham Lincoln and, like, Joan of Arc, and they just bring them into the future, into, like, you know, California in the 80s and just yeah, put them on the, stage. The Grim, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, yeah. That's that's see that's the sequel. That's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. So there's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and it's it's one of the, my favorite movies of all time because it's just Keanu Reeves playing the best Keanu Reeves character you've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, this is the it's version when play- of Keanu Reeves that's been turned into a meme. Yeah, yeah, it's the one where he's like, uh, every time they say something cool, they they both play air guitar. Like, so, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be most excellent. And, like, that's, like, the whole movie. It's, the, it's like, one of the original, like, Harold and Kumar kind of, like, like, yeah. like movies. It's, like, Harold and Kumar. Uh, it's, like, it's, like, Bert and Ernie, pretty much. Yeah, and there's the, the same era as, like, um, was it in Chino Man or in Sino Man? Potential. I think it was like eighty. With the one with Brent, six or something that came out. It was. Out it was early. eighty. Um, eighty-three, maybe. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. Right? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. In Chino and Sino Man, California Man, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that one with Brendan Fraser? No. He's like a guy that was preserved in the ground. And they find him, and he's defrosted, and then oh, all of a sudden, I do actually, I do, and he was like a monkey. Yeah, yeah, he's like a caveman. He's like a caveman. He's like, Ugh. It's so nineties. <laughs> it's such a brilliant fucking film, and like his hair and everything is so, so nineties. Cheech and Chong, that was the original one. So yeah, Bill and Ted's like a, uh, it's like a, it's like a, a new age Cheech and Chong. You're right. I was going to say, how, holy shit, Brendan Fraser is massive now. Yeah, he got fat, didn't he? But then again, like... Exceptionally. Didn't he call... He called someone out for, like, sexual harassment, and that's why he, like, went away. Like, Oh, he, really? Yeah, so that's why, like, that's why he was on the come up. He made, like, The Mummy and all of those things. Yeah, The and Mummy. Then, and then some producer, like, did something to him and, or did something to someone, and he was like, I'm not standing for this. He went to, like, the New York Times or went on the radio and was like, this guy sexually assaulted this person. And they went, you can get fucked. And they blacklisted him from Hollywood. And that's, and then the, Nothing. No, and then he didn't get any roles, got literally just threw on into oblivion. And then pretty much, like, TikTok and shit found out about this, like, over the last two years. And so there's, like, a social uprising where they're like, get Brendan Fraser back into Hollywood. Oh, my God. Look how big he is. Yeah, now. yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, but he coming back. Holy cow! Yeah, he yeah that's, that's what happened. He, like he got done. Like he he called someone out. He called someone out for sexually assaulting him. Yeah. So the movies he did are actually fucking amazing. The yeah, Mummy, Bedazzled, George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle is a fucking masterpiece. Bedazzled, Inchino Man. Fuck, he's done a lot of good '90s films. Yeah, Blast from the Past. He was the hot top. He was like the it. He was the it boy. He was definitely the it guy. He did a recent film. It's called No Sudden Move, and it's with uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, he had two. He had two movies coming out. He's got two movies coming out this year, which are supposed to be quite big movies. And a lot of the, a lot of it's got to do with the fact that, like, yeah, a lot of it's got to do with the fact that there's like social justice warriors who jumped online and been like, "What the fuck happened to Brendan Fraser?" Yeah, that's pretty. Cool. Yeah, 
there was like I don't know someone must have posted on Reddit like where's George of the Jungle or whatever and then people were like oh let's actually find out and then they found out and they're like oh this is some fucked up Jeffrey Epstein Harvey Weinstein bullshit yeah and so everyone's trying to get back on I was thinking on. that recently it makes sense it's like he was the guy when you were growing up he was yeah. one of the guys now just jumping back to Eddie Murphy and George Carlin and these types if you were to like look at your own comedy I'm not going to say that you're like this person, but what are the attributes of certain comedians that you've pulled together to make Rory Lowe? Okay. Um, I like Kevin Hart's storytelling. Okay. I really like Kevin Hart's storytelling. Um, I like how, like how animated he is. Not that any, anyone will ever compare me to Kevin Hart at all. Hmm. I get I get compared to James Acaster a lot, but I think that's just because I'm tall, blonde, and English. I don't think I have anything similar to him at all. But I do admire the guy a lot. Um, I don't know. It's 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 hard it's hard to compare yourself to to people that you respect. I guess. What do you think you're good at? What do you think you're bad at? I like telling stories. I like moving around a lot. And I'm starting to move around a lot more. So I'm getting very animated. Yeah. Um, and I like talking to the crowd. Okay. Yeah. Like one line of jokes, I don't fuck with. I, I don't know how to write like a, like a joke. I don't know how to write a joke. So you need a big premise. Not even a premise. Like a lot of my stuff is like, oh, this happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, dot point it write all the important bits and then write jokes about the, the dot points. Mm. And then that's the story. Yeah. Cause that was like a thing that was observed by a lot of comedians before I met you is like, they've all got a story about Rory. Oh yeah. Everyone's got a story. So like, it does make me wonder, are you funneling the, the idea or the identity of Rory to build <laughs> no, it's, more it's, content? It's, essentially? it's the opposite. It's like, I'm so glad the way that I am. Because if I wasn't this way, I wouldn't have the stories. Mm. Like, it's like, I just like getting up to mischief. Yeah. I like mischief. You like doing a little bit of mischief. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said before, like victimless crimes. I like being involved in victimless crimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, you shouldn't be in here. Oh, yeah, why? Because you're not allowed. Yeah. Is that it? Walking on stage naked. Yeah, yeah. Well, not naked, but... But naked and enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're not we're not getting dicks in face, but like maybe I'm on there with my underpants pulled really high up my ass to make it look like a thong. <laughs> yeah. You know, like stuff like that. And there was some bit recently where there was a video of you behind the scenes and you completely stripped down. Oh yeah, I ran across Frenchie's show naked. That's right. But that's Frenchie's show. So it's different. You can kinda get away. I can run naked across Frenchie's show. Yeah. Could you get away with that at the Melbourne Comedy Fest? Oh yeah. 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 It's, I just got, you just got, you got to have the, it, it's context. You got to have the right context. Yeah. You know, you do the house, the house party thing where like everyone's got nipple tassels on and, and like running around. But again, it's like, it's like, I find it weird because it's like a dude thing. It's like, you know, like you can get, your, like, it's weird because you're not allowed to get your titties out in public. Or, so you're not allowed to get your titties out like on the internet. Like as a girl, like you get, like you get your titties out on the internet, you get, you get ostracized, you get your account banned, you get called whatever. But if you at a, a music festival or you on stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get your titties out. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Woo, titties. <laughs> but, like yeah, it was an art piece. Yeah, fuck it. Oh my God, titties. But like, if you are a dude 
and you <laughs> you get you get your dick out. It's public oh, decency. Yeah, you're like you're going to jail, motherfucker. You go, so no, I'm just I just think it's funny. It's like I'm not I'm not trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to sexually like go after anyone. I I just kind of think it's f- funny to get naked because my family's like it is going to sound weird, but like my family's always naked. <laughs> like and like like like. Like my my sisters are always like my mom was always naked. My mom's titties were out all the time in the bar. Like when I was growing up, and my mom's friends' titties were always out of the bar. It's just like I grew up with people who got naked and found it funny. And so I find your getting naked gonna funny. Deb- your sister's going to debate this when I hear this. Oh yeah, they're going to be like, uh, we don't agree with this because we're fifteen, <laughs> you know. But like, whatever. Yeah. Shut up, Teddy. That's fucking hilarious. Um. Okay, so. So you you sound yeah I would agree that you're definitely a crowd work guy like that's 100 percent one of your strong suits yeah some of the funniest bits is you getting up people in the crowd and just like just playing around with them basically yeah and it's getting to the point now as well that people want that now like they know yeah, they know because they've seen me do it on the TikToks and shit like that that they're like oh like. Like either, it can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'll, I'll have like two types of shows. So, like, during Perth, I was having two types of shows where it was like some nights I'd sell out and the front row would be empty and there'd be people stood at the back because everyone refused. They were like, we don't want to get this involved in the show. While there'd be other nights where we'd open the door and people would be trying to get to the front row before anyone else. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to kind of have that. And like, I love like a rowdy crowd. Like I can, like I've, I, like my comedy started in like the mines and like at house parties. Like how I started doing gigs was at house parties. Like we just like, right. we like the guys would play music in the shed, you know, and there'd be like 30 or 40 people in the backyard. And then I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell some stories on the mic. And so I grew up doing comedy in sheds in backyards it wasn't on stages mm-hmm. um it was on it was in beach street shout out to dills so this is uh before you got up to geraldton yeah yeah and then and then it went from like you know young dudes and like young young chicks and like musicians and like cool bohemian motherfuckers in backyards to 50 year old FIFO workers to smoking meth in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and you're like, dude, I can deal with people who don't want me to talk. Yeah. I can deal with people who don't want me in the room. Yeah. This like, makes sense as to why. Shut up. Crowd come work. on, cunt. Let's go, bro. I'm, I'm comfy, dude. I'm comfy in this silence. Crowd work would, would work well then because yeah. you've gotten used to it. It's kind of like when you, I, I noticed that when I was growing up, I was, um, I was definitely way more introverted. And I still, I need my time to recharge, right? Yeah. But I'd, I've never had that. I've never, I refuse to go home. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, like, like I refuse to go like, home. I'm like, you know, 1 a.m. I'll go home, but you're like 5, 6 a.m. No, let's keep going. I'm like, just, I remember being like a like teenager, like 17, 18, 19, and my parents were like, where have you been? And I'd be like, I'm just out. They're like, it's been four days. You just <laughs> haven't been home for four days. I'm like, yeah, I'm just what the fuck? out. You're meant to be uh, setting the standard for your sisters. Yeah, I just, I just, I like, I just don't like being alone. Not alone. I enjoy. I enjoy. <laughs> it I, sounds like no. It's not. It's not. It's not alone. It's like the ability to indulge in stuff. Like I could, I could sit by a river by myself. I could sit on the beach by myself. But to just sit in a room still and watch TV. 
oh, you can't shoot myself in the fucking head. Really? Yeah. No, unless I'm like really like not feeling like top shape because I've been out for too long and I'm like uh, in a ball recovering. I'm like, oh, just someone put on Archer, like like someone put on Brooklyn Nine Nine, so I can just feel something. But like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like sitting still. It's never been a forte of mine. Yeah, right. Because I wonder this this aspect of you is was encouraged by what you were doing, and for me, it makes sense. It was similar, like hospitality. The only reason I became slightly extroverted was because of Hospo. Yeah, you're yeah. forced into into scenarios where so, for so long you made like that embarrassment is gone. Like yeah. everything you've done as a stand up, you can't be embarrassed by anything. Oh no, the, um, and plus there's just anything like, you revel in the embarrassment. There's a there's a there's a community in comedy that's different as well. Like the the, the gratitude and like appreciation is it's 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 uncomparable to to anything else you know like there's just the generosity that comics have around you and the advice they give you and the minutes they give you or you know just drinks or places to stay or opportunities to come to new countries like there's you only gotta do one good gig <clears throat> or even one half decent gig, or even not, even just be in the room and just Doing not an asshole. <laughs> and people will be like, oh man, I've got this gig in Singapore, dude. I know this dude, like, he, I'll put in a word for you, like, we'll get you out there. And you're like, bro, we had like two beers. <laughs> and you're flying me to Singapore to do a show. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, they're like, yeah, dude, yeah, I, I, I kind of like your vibe. You let's mm. come hang out. And you're like, really? In a in a different time zone, you're like, yeah, yeah, no problems. Fuck yeah, let's go. Let's so go you right had now. that recently. You had some private gig out in like the Adelaide Hills, oh yeah, or something. Oh, and it was cooked. Yeah. Oh, it was so cooked. <laughs> like, oh, it was amazing. So like, we just do we do a regular show. It's like whatever show at like uh, the Belgian Beer Cafe in Adelaide. It's like best of British or like a pub crawl or a late show or whatever the fuck it is. And at the end of it, some lady comes over and she's like, "Oh hey, we're doing like a we're doing like a a, a private gig for like someone's birthday. Like, can you do you want? Can we get your info so we can hit you up?" I was like, "Yeah, no problems. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you my manager's." Uh, details so you can message her um, and I don't have a manager I, I just I message back people and say that my name's Ashley Ma and I say that I'm managing Rory Law because it sounds better when a girl's managing you um, and I'm not paying anyone to do it because fuck that I want my money and I'm like uh, where is it what time is it and they're like it's here at this time and I'm like that's an hour away it's like Mosquito Hill is where it was. I was like, this doesn't even sound like a real place. But at the bottom of it, her like thing, her like sign off handles like Luxury South Australia. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, like what is it? And she's like, oh, we we have like a like a farm, like a horse farm, like where we train horses. It'll be there. So I'm like, all right, either it's a farm or it's like an equestrian kind of like you know people doing the yeah dancing on horses it's gonna be that right um and so i was like all right 20 minutes like fuck it Se- like 750 we'll call it 750 because like i don't want to go and they got back and went oh 
oh, that's great. Fuck yeah, we'd love to do it. I'm like, oh, now I should have said two grand. Yeah. Like your response was too happy. It was too quick. I was like, fuck, this is why I need an actual manager <laughs> rather than making a person up. And so I'm, I like, I was like, who else is on? Who else are you getting to come down? Because I'll organize travel for the both of us. Like Simon Taylor. I'm like, cool. So I messaged Simon. I'm like, all right, man, how much you charge this gig? He's like, like two and a half grand. I was like, fuck you, dude. I charged 750. I'm so mad. And so we get down there, right? And it's like dirt road. Like we are deep in that deep in the Adelaide sticks. Dirt road, another dirt road, barely a dirt road. And I'm getting dropped off by like uh, another comic called Ben Darso. And we're in a Prius. We are not in a dirt road car. Like it's a bright lime green Prius. And I'm like, this is how I'm rolling into this fucking joint. <laughs> and so we pull up and it's like pretty, it's it's not like covered in gold, but it, there's money. There's money it's on nice. this farm. Yeah. yeah. So I can obviously see where it is. There's like a tent. There's like a marquee set up. We're not in the marquee. All the stuff's in the marquee. There's like slushy machines with vodka and shit in them. Like yeah, right. we've gone out. There's 30 people here. It's not packed. Wow. There's 30 people here. Maybe seven of them are under 15. <laughs> right. There's one all bloke with like a definite like Filipino bride, like with like big titties in like lace. Like we're on a farm and she's wearing like lace, like a pink lace lingerie top with her titties like busting out like a Kanye track. And like this dude who's with her is like bright red and old and like sunburned. Like he's got cancer. And then like all of the kids are dressed like full on Eshes. They've got like Gucci bags. I'm like, dude, how are you an Eshe on a farm? Like, you can't be an Eshe on a farm. Like, and I'm like, I've been in the car for so long. I'm like, I need to go to the toilet. And the dude's like, oh, yeah, we've got luxury portaloos. I'm like, oh, that's very funny. Nice joke. And I turn on the corner and it says luxury portaloo. And it's an actual luxury portaloo where it's got incense in it, a porcelain toilet, a mirror. Like, there might as well have been a dude in there with fragrance spraying me. Like, it was like on point. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. So they're like, oh, come on, we'll show you where the gig is. I'm like, cool. So I walk off the other side. The gig is on a volleyball court they have a sand filled volleyball court okay. that everyone's just sat in like wooden chairs on and i'm like cool so simon's on at the time and he's about to bring me on and just before he brings me on the generator dies so there's no microphone now and i'm like i fucking love this this is so good there's so <laughs> much to play with this is rowdy as shit this is my type of gig like fuck yeah we back in the we back in the shed baby we back in the backyard that's what we're doing and so get up, do 25 minutes, 30 minutes without a microphone. It's like just yelling, just taking the piss, taking the piss, taking the, you know, piss up the kids, like smoking weed, being little eshes because they would, they would kept going off and coming back. Wanted to say something about the mail order bride, but didn't. And I'm really glad I didn't because <laughs> I may have ruined the gig. And, you know, I just took the piss out of everyone and, you know, wished the guy a happy birthday. And at the end of the gig, I was like, I go with the guys like, oh, hey man, thanks for having us. I had fun. He's like, we had a great time too, man. How much do we owe you? And I was like, it was seven fifty. And he goes, You fucking killed it. And I was like, Well, go on then, make it a thousand. And he fucking did. <laughs> Hell yes. I was like, This is the bomb, bro. I love this shit. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, the, when random things like that come up, they are rare. Yeah. All right, before we get get into rapid fire questions, I've got to ask you. Yeah. What do you want? What do, I want? What do you want? Like, how do you want to be known? 
See, I used to want to be like remembered. You know what I mean? I used to like, I used to have like a fear that remember that I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave any sort of mark on the world, and that was like a big fear, I guess, when I was like seventeen, eighteen. Like I wanted to leave some sort of mark, you know, like some sort of uh, be known significance, you know, like some sort of change or something. But like now, now I just want to enjoy myself. Like the the, the level that, that I'm at is where I wished. I could get to like, I've, you know, there's a few hundred thousand people that think I'm very funny. I've sold out a theater. I've performed in America with some of my idols uh, in Las Vegas in front of thousands of people. Um, I, I hang out with rock stars. I've, I've been on stages. I shouldn't, I've been in buildings. I shouldn't, I've met people. I've, always wanted to meet shook hands with the best made some of the, my idols laugh and like i'm just happy and mm. so I, I what i want is what i have just to keep doing it yeah yeah i just want the ability to maintain <clears throat> a gradual progression mm. just to see where things go i heard this uh, not an interesting quote but someone said this the other day of like you know people want um legacy and all that sort of stuff mm. And, uh, but you know how like this, you ever heard of the Sumerians? They're like the first civilization ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Somalians. Somalians? No, Sumerians. Sumerians. They're like, they're like in modern day Iran or Baghdad okay. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one goes like, yeah, I wish I was this guy from Sumeria. Yeah. But yeah, that was yeah. only 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Right. It's not that long ago. I don't think most people could remember people who are more than 50 years prior. Ricky Gervais says, if you want to be famous and remember, just kill a prostitute. Oh, Jesus. Which I think is very funny. Or you like Stalin or something like that. You yeah, kill you know like a I mean? couple million people. Yeah, like Jack the Ripper's always – people remember Jack the Ripper. That's all he did. He just killed prostitutes. <laughs> so I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> Rapid fire questions to finish things off. When you have had those moments where you're chilling out and you're watching shit on TV, yeah. what has it been recently? Uh, blacklist. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I've uh, seen the clip for that so show. Good man, like the opening of it is like the, the most wanted FBI, like the, on the top of the list of the most wanted. The FBI just walks into the FBI and is like, "Sup, I'm here." And you're like, "Oh shit, game on!" And then he starts playing with the FBI and pulling strings, stuff to do. So, what's the show about? In in a nutshell, uh, it's. Uh, basically the the number one most wanted man in the world starts working with the FBI to find people that the FBI didn't even know existed so he can use them to help himself. It's cool as fuck. Interesting. Yeah, and the guy is just like... Genius. Yeah, it's so It's suave. that guy who's... Still got marble. It's smooth as fuck. It's a guy who's from that legal show that yeah, was... Boston in the- Legal. Boston Legal yeah, in the Benny 90s. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking genius. Yeah, James Spader. That's the actor's yeah. name. Um, what is in, when you're home in Sydney, what is like your go-to item in the fridge? I don't really eat. Yeah. I've noticed. <laughs> I don't really eat food. Whiskey. <laughs> um, Lurpak butter. Lurpak butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're yeah. Right. I like, or, or like a, a, che- a cherry tomato. <laughs> I, like, I want food now. It's like that. It's like if I'm hungry, I'm like, I want it now. Okay. I don't want to have to cook it. I want You're it a now. man of impulse. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bag of meat. Like, <laughs> like a bag, like a, like a sliced deli meat. So I can just be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I like to make sandwiches inside my mouth. 
So I'll be like, meat, then a cherry tomato, and then I'll take a and bite then of some cheese. some bread, and then... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Stick of butter. Yeah. Low-pack butter, underrated, I reckon. Yeah, not highly um, underrated. All right, last one for you. Drink of choice. What's like your go-to drink or cocktail that you regularly come back to? Uh, uh, Argentinian red wine. I drink Melbeck. Okay. Yeah. Why? It's delicious. Yeah. I like because like, when I whenever whenever I stop drinking because I like I've obviously been like not drinking for the last two weeks and I started drinking like yesterday. Um, the only thing that I ever miss when I'm not is like a nice red wine with food. Okay. Yeah. Not that I eat, but like when I go out, like when I eat in restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malbec, yeah, Malbec is like definitely like there's a lot of people who have yeah. that taste. Red wine and oysters. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love, love oysters. Love oysters got to be my f- one of my favorite foods. I had charred watermelon oysters, where they'd like diced up little bits of watermelon, like flamed them up, and then put them on top of these oysters. Oh, caramelized! Yeah, that'd be fucking wow. Yeah, it's from Meat Maiden, like just uh, just uh, just in the that. town, just around the corner. Yeah, from your old hotel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rory Low, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, I am at Rory Low Comedy. For everything except for TikTok, because some fucking asshole stole it before I had the chance to even make a TikTok <laughs> account. So that's official Rory Low comedy. Yeah, official Rory Low. Yeah. That old chestnut. If not, you find me in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> specifically, you're the expert. Spe- specifically, the expert, yeah. Um, Kicking four times a day. Rory, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you liked it, do subscribe and, of course, like it on YouTube if you're watching as well. We'd really appreciate that. For audio, if you've not already listening on your podcast app, you can search for it on any good app, including Spotify, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. For video, if you're not watching, you can search Uncommon Podcasts on YouTube. It's the first one that appears every single time. For behind the scenes, do follow us on Instagram and TikTok. It's at uncommon underscore show. But until next time, thanks for tuning in.